everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lifestyle Matters. And once again, we've got the good Dr. Savina with us. So Savina, we've previously discussed um, the low-carb, high-protein diet, but I think now we'll push the boat out a little bit further and talk about the keto diet. So can you first of all explain to us what exactly is the kind of the micronutrient composition of a keto diet in terms of the comparison with the Australian guidance on, on what a regular diet should be? Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, if we wanted to link it back to even our last episode, when we talked about the low fat, uh, low carb, high fat diet, the keto diet is very similar to that. The main difference with a keto diet with a low carb, high fat diet is the fact that a keto diet places a great emphasis on our fat intake, which is about close to 60% um, of our um, calorie intake, which is really, really high because um, compared to what the dietary guidelines, which recommends, you know, 10%, well, less less than 10% of um, calorie intake, this is recommending about 60%. So the emphasis is really on our fat intake. Um, carb, on the other hand here, is also emphasized where we're meant to be only taking, taking 5 to 10% of our uh, of calorie intake, which equates to about about twenty to fifty grams of carbs in, for example, in a two thousand kilocalorie diet. Um, protein, on the other hand, is about about thirty percent um, of total calorie intake. Once again, um, and that's what the keto diet looks like. So predominantly, it's a lot about f- the main thing is about the fat to carb um, ratio. There's a three to one or four to one ratio that people commonly go on a keto diet and they follow. Yeah. So, so when we think about what the regular Australian guidance is, if we're talking about, you know, um, 20 to 35% fat content with, as you say, 10% saturated fat limit and the keto, the keto diet really just explodes that out of the water. You know, we're, we're emphasizing a high fat, including high saturated fat diet. And then when we're talking about carbs, you know, the regular Australian guidance is that, you know, you should be eating 45 to 65% of your diet as complex carbohydrates. And really we're blowing that one out of the water as well. And we're saying, you know, very, very low carb content. content. So it's actually an ultra low carb diet really is keto. And then the rest of the shortfall is made up of protein. So what does it look like? I mean, I've, I've heard stories about, you know, butter and coffee and your more, for your morning coffee. I mean, what, what does it look like? Yeah. Okay. So can I just, before I go, you know how I like to know the origin of diets about each diet that we talk about. Uh, I just want to talk about the origin of this diet. Um, and Tell us this, about the origin. <laughs> I mean, it's just a quick thing uh, really about it. It's, it was once again in the 1920s, um, some guy sort of found out about it um, and he was actually, he developed it actually to treat epilepsy. Um, and that was the main reason. And in fact, even um, once, anti-epileptic medications came about this diet sort of went out of fashion a little bit um, and we'll come into a little bit more why later but um, now it's come back into fashion because people have realized it also promotes weight loss um, and that actually comes down to ketones um, and I guess that's you know we'll explain what ketones are about and things like that and I guess going back to your question about what it actually looks like what a regular keto diet looks like as you pointed out it looks like a diet rich in fat and it doesn't certainly say it has to be you know your moofers and poofers it just says 
high fat intake. So that means you can, you're, you've got free reign in eating, you know, whatever meats you want to eat, or if you want to sort of keep on top of eating more like avocados and nuts and eating more moofers and poofers, you're more than welcome to, but you know, anything. So you can eat bacon and sausages and carry on with life. Um, so that's basically what you're doing in terms of a keto diet and you're restricting, heavily restricting what you're eating in terms of carbs. And that means you're losing out on a lot of nutrition that you can potentially get from um, vegetables um, like, you know, your pumpkin, potatoes, um, sweet potatoes, your starchy, starchy foods. Um, and that's what it looks mm. like, really. So there's a lot there's a lot to unpack so so really it's it's basically open season for high fat foods but you do run the risk what i'm hearing is that you do run the risk of um water soluble vitamin deficiency and you know micronutrients like minerals and things like that because as you say certain food substances essential vitamins and, and minerals are not present in high fat diets yeah. so and truth be told yeah and really in yeah. our body i mean we actually produce ketones all the time. And that's what this whole keto yeah. diet's about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but, but going back to the, care, the, the essential point about the fact is that this is a high fat diet, that really does blow out of the water, this idea that to lose weight, you've got to have a low fat diet, that fat is actually bad for us. It's, it's, it's not bad for us. So refined carbohydrates and saturated fats are bad for us. But you know the, the keto diet emphasizes a high fat diet, including high saturated fat and low carbohydrates, including low refined carbs, and you can lose weight on this. So that, so it really, to me, highlights the fact that, that the, the old myth about, uh, you know, a low fat diet being the key to weight loss, it, it blows that out of the water, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Very much so. Yeah. It goes to show that our body has so many different ways of handling the foods yeah. that we eat, the macronutrients yeah. we eat, and um, there's so much yeah. to understand about it. And I think there's still still ongoing research with all these diets. So we, we've said that the keto diet is a high-fat diet and it produces ketone bodies. So what are ketone bodies? What's the biochemistry underlying that? So, okay, so ketone bodies, right. So essentially... Um, as I was pointing out earlier, our body produces ketones at very small amounts all the time. Um, it's not something that's unusual for our body to go through. Um, pathophysiologically, so medically speaking, you know, there are certain medical conditions like, you know, when you're starving for long periods of time, or if you're a diabetic who's got uncontrolled sugars, you can also go into a state of ketoacidosis. And that basically means ketone levels that are really high producing high basically pH levels that are really low, causing acidosis in your body, an acidic state in your body, essentially. My understanding of ketones is that they are the products of beta oxidation, which is the, the metabolism of fatty acids. So when we consume fats, basically fat is a combination of glycerol, which is a joining molecule and various lengths of chains of fatty acids. And the way the body chops up these molecules the fatty acids get uh, into the process of beta oxidation, which then produces ketone bodies. And two of the well-known ketone bodies are beta-hydroxybutyric acid and acetoacetic acid. And they're both acids, as you say. And I think it's, I think it's important to emphasize the point that beta-hydroxybutyric um, beta acid needs to be distinguished from gamma-hydroxybutyric acid, which is an inhibitory neurotransmitter. But we'll come to that relationship in, in a moment as well. So as you say... 
the diet itself is not the only cause of production of uh, keto acids, is it? No, it's not. And yeah. I guess, you know, why, I guess now if we talk about how this diet actually produces ketone bodies, um, it comes down to what we've spoken about many episodes before about what happens when our body needs energy, essentially. Yeah. So if we think about it this way, where usually carbohydrates are the primary source of fuel for our body, um, and what we're doing with this diet is we're limiting the carbohydrates um, as our source of fuel. What ends up happening is that then our body goes through two different processes, one's called gluconeogenesis, where it's actually making sugar, your glucose molecules from amino acids, which we get from eating protein. Um, and obviously our proteins also, once again, slightly limited in this diet. So, you know, there's only so much of gluconeogenesis can happen from these proteins that we eat. Body can't get enough energy from it anymore. What happens then? It shifts onto ketogenesis, which is basically breaking down your fatty acids um, to provide energy, and that will produce your ketone bodies, which was what you were talking about, your beta-hydroxybutyrate, acetone, your acetoacetic acid. So all those things get produced um, as part of this breakdown process. So really, it's important to understand that, that the, the adult human body doesn't actually need carbohydrates to survive. You know, you can get all of your energy requirements just from fats because you have glycerol and you have uh, ketones. And ketones are a very good substrate for respiration you know, the, or for metabolic respiration. So yeah, and our brain's actually pretty good in using that. If you will. Yeah, yeah, our yeah. brain like ketones. So I suppose this is a nat this is a useful segue into the <laughs> excuse me the, the the role of ketones in brain health. So we know that peripherally produced ketone bodies cross the blood brain barrier and are and can be used as a metabolic substrate for, substrate for brain tissue. They don't they're not they're not uh, they don't require insulin to cross the blood brain barrier. Um, the, the, there are a couple of significant neurological processes that, that are impacted upon by ketone bodies. One is purinergic and GABAergic neurotransmission. So there's, there's a lot of inhibitory neurotransmission going on. And another process is the modulation of potassium channels in the brain, which again causes brain inhibition. And, and a third process is the development or the stimulation of brain-derived neurotropic factor, otherwise known as BDNF, which helps brain neuronal health. So those three processes are all impacted positively by ketone bodies. And they are they have been found to be protective against degenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's or Parkinson's disease. And also they are useful in the management of certain types of epilepsy. And this goes back to the original discussion that you, you uh, pointed out to us, Savina, that actually the keto diet was first discovered by a neurologist who was trying to treat childhood epilepsy. So we know that, you know, we all think that our tissues need sugar to, to rely on for their energy, but we've just heard that, that you know, the brain can use ketones as a, as a form of energy. There are, however, certain kinds of cells that cannot use ketones for energy. What, what are they, Savina? Yeah, so as you said, most cells can use it, um, except for two um, two cells that obviously two, well, one's an organ and the other one's a cell, one's your red blood cell, mm. um, just because it doesn't have mitochondria and those are basically your energy um, energy stations in your in the red blood cell. And the other other part, other thing that can't be used, um, ketone 
ketones as a source of energy would be your liver um, because it lacks a certain type of enzyme to utilize the ketone bodies as a source of energy. But the rest of you, most of most of the your rest of your body can really use use it quite well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can see why it's been so good. So we're we're talking more about the keto diet in terms of lifestyle medicine. So really, we're not really looking at it in terms of how it how it uh, you know treats epilepsies. But to, to, suffice to say, it has positive effects on brain health. But it also helps with weight loss and also helps with dyslipidemia. Would you care to speak to that a little bit? Yeah. So going back to the um, the, the way we divide how much of and macronutrients you consume. So it comes down to the carbs. Remember I said the three to one or four to one, which is your fat to carbs ratio. So essentially you're having very small proportions of carbs in your diet. Carbohydrates get broken down into sugar. And obviously um, if you don't have much carbs, you have less sugar that produces, it triggers off less insulin. And insulin, as we know, promotes fat storage, promotes sugar storage. And that doesn't happen so much because your insulin levels are lower. Um, the other thing it does, it seems to also um, promote satiety by increasing our leptin levels. Remember, we call, used to call that the miracle hormone for a while that we thought that was discovered to help with weight loss. Um, yeah. And that seems to help in, increase those levels too. Yeah. That's an area where they can't actually, there has been a lot of research and they actually haven't found consistent results to say, Hey, this is what exactly exactly why it happens. Um, but there has been a lot of evidence pointing to, to this is what happens. But to understand it further, there's still actually there is still ongoing research on that field. So to summarize, it makes you feel better, it makes you lose weight, and it makes you full more. That's what the Pretty keto much. diet does for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So so really, I mean, it's a miracle cure, isn't it? You know. So how easy is it to adhere to? Because because we've yeah. already said in previous episodes that really the key to any diet is adherence and compliance. Is it is it an easy diet to follow? Mm. Yeah. So you know, as you said, it sounds like a miracle cure. Once again, um, all the research has been been only for about twenty four weeks, so it's only about for six months that they have studied. They haven't had very long term data on it. Firstly. Um, so, you know, we pointed out about potential uh, mineral deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies. Um, and even before we talked about when we talked about low carb diet, um, potentially at the risk of osteoporosis, all that still plays a role in this. And there is so much we don't know about it, the impact of it long term, short term, as we pointed out, you know, we said it improves your um, risk, reduces your risk of Alzheimer's, neurodegenerative diseases, improves your um um, good cholesterol lowers your bad cholesterol um, um, and reduces your risk of epilepsy or epilepsy seizure thresholds. Um, so all those are potential benefits in the short term, but no one has actually said it's beneficial in the long term. How easy is it to follow? Not really, as with most diets, because it is a huge shift from what we how we commonly eat. Um, and at the, in the first few weeks, lots of people actually have a lot of side effects from it. Um, and, you know, nausea, they might have some headaches, might just have this commonly people describe like a, a brain fog. They call it the keto flu, uh, which yeah. can last for a few weeks. Um, but if you pull through it, then, you know, potentially it could be it could work well for you to promote weight loss. It could work well. It could work well. Now, yeah. Are there particular people that just cannot do the keto diet? Are there contraindications to the keto diet? Yeah, 
There are. So essentially people who actually have um, certain medical conditions, certain enzyme deficiencies, um, where it's, it's like certain enzymes to break down um, the fats and um, molecules and convert energy in a different way um, would be one of those. So for example, yeah. people with pyruvate kinase deficiencies, um, carnitine deficiencies, People who've got pancreatitis, inflamed pancreas, they also mm. um, should not be having it. People who have liver failure, um, because mm. you think about yeah. it, you know, your liver is going to be on overdrive trying to f- follow this diet. Um, yeah. And people who have troubles with metabol- metabolizing fat um, would be also falling into this group. So it's not for everyone. It's difficult to adhere to, but there is evidence of benefit in the short term. I think we'll leave it there, Savina. Thanks very much for your pearls of wisdom on this subject. And I look forward to chatting with you again very soon. Thank you, Savina. Thanks, Bert. We'll see you next time. That's all for today's episode of Lifestyle Matters. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.